Greetings. Welcome today for June 15th. Welcome to today's podcast. It encourages me to read and then learn. And we worship the Lord God this morning. Let us give thanks unto the Lord for his this day. Thank you, Lord God, for the, the mercies are new every morning. Thank you for his faithfulness is new every morning. Thank you for, for today's reading, Lord. Open our eyes and our ears that we may hear you in these words, Lord. We thank you for the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Psalms and the Proverbs. We thank you, Father God, for thy word is a light unto our path. And it opens up our way for us. Give us hearing eyes, hearing ears, and eyes that see, Lord, for your purpose and for your glory. We worship you. We praise you. We give you thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the kingdom of God with the Lord Jesus Christ. And say amen and amen. Amen and amen. Reading for today on June 15th is 1 Kings chapter 14 to 15 verse 24. At the time Jeroboam's son Abijah became very sick. So Jeroboam told his wife, Disguise yourself so that no one will recognize you as my wife. Then go to the prophet Ahiah at Shiloh, the man who told me I will become king. Take him a gift of ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and ask him what will happen to the boy. So Jeroboam's wife went to Ahiah's home in Shiloh. He was an old man now and could no longer see, but the Lord had told Ahiah, Jeroboam's wife will become here, pretending to be someone else. She will ask you about her son, for he is very sick. Give her the answer I give you. So when Ahiah heard her footsteps at the door, he called out, Come on in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you pretending to be someone else? (laughs) Then he told her, I have bad news for you. Give your husband Jeroboam this message from the Lord, the God of Israel. I promoted you from the ranks of the common people and made you ruler over my people, Israel. I ripped the kingdom away from the family of David and gave it to you. But you have not been like my servant David, who obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart and always did whatever I wanted. You have done more evil than all who lived before you. You have made other gods for yourself and have made me furious with your gold calves. And since you have turned your back on me, I will bring disaster on your dynasty and I will destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike, anywhere in Israel. I will burn up your royal dynasty as one burns up trash until it is all gone. The members of Jeroboam's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs and those who die in the fields will be eaten by vultures. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. Then Ahiah said to Jeroboam's wife, Go on home, and when you enter the city, the child will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. He is the only member of your family who will have a proper burial, for this child is the only good thing that the Lord, the God of Israel, sees in the entire family of Jeroboam. In addition, the Lord will raise up a king over Israel who will destroy the family of Jeroboam. This will happen today, even now. Then the Lord will shake Israel like a reed whipped about in a stream. 
He will uproot the people of Israel from this good land that he gave their ancestors and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River, for they have angered the Lord with the Asherah poles they have set up for worship. He will abandon Israel because Jeroboam sinned and made Israel sin along with him. So Jeroboam's wife returned to Tirzah, and the child died just as she walked through the door of her home. And all of Israel buried him and mourned for him as the Lord had promised through the prophet Ahiah. The rest of the events of Jeroboam's reign, including all his wars and how he ruled, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Jeroboam reigned in Israel 22 years. When Jeroboam died, his son Nadab became the next king. Meanwhile, Rehoboam, son of Solomon, was king in Judah. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. The city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel as the place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Nama, an Ammonite woman. During Rehoboam's reign, the people of Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, provoking his anger with their sin, for it was even worse than that of their ancestors. For they also built for themselves pagan shrines and set up sacred pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There were even male and female shrine prostitutes throughout the land. The people imitated the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would also take the shields and then return them to the guard room. The rest of the events in Rehoboam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. When Rehoboam died, he was buried among his ancestors in the city of David. His mother was Naamah, an Ammonite woman. And then his son Abijam, Abiham became the next king. Chapter 15. Abiham began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign. In Israel, he reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Machah, the daughter of Absalom. He committed the same sin as his father before him, and he was not faithful to the Lord his God as his ancestor David had been. But for David's sake, the Lord his God allowed his descendants to continue ruling, shining like a lamp, and he gave Abijam a son to rule after him in Jerusalem. For David had done what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and had obeyed the Lord's commands throughout his life, except in the affairs concerning Uriah the Hittite. There was war between Abijam and Jeroboam throughout Abijam's reign. 
The rest of the events in Abijam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Abijam and Jeroboam. When Abijam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. Asa began to rule over Judah in the 20th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 41 years. His grandmother was Machal, the daughter of Absalom. Asa did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. He banished the male and female shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his ancestors had made. He even disposed his grandmother, Machah, from her position as queen mother because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. He cut down the obscene pole and burned it in the Kingdom Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not removed, Asa's heart remained completely faithful to the Lord throughout his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver and gold and the various items that he and his father had dedicated. There was constant war between King Asa of Judah and King Basha of Israel. King Basha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by removing all the silver and gold that was left in the treasury of the temple of the Lord and the royal palace. He sent it with some of his officials to Ben-Hadad, son of Tabrimon, son of Hezion, the king of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with this message. Let there be treaty between you and me like one between your father and my father. See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent the commanders of his army to attack the towns of Israel. They conquered the towns of Ejon, Dan, Abelbet, Makkah, and all the Kenneth, Kindred and all the land of Nephtali. As soon as Basha of Israel heard that what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah and withdrew to Tirzah. Then King Asa sent an order throughout Judah requiring that everyone without exception help to carry away the building stones, the timbers that Basha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the town of Giba in Benjamin and the town of Mizpah. The rest of the events in Asa's reign, the extent of his power, everything he did and the names of the cities he built are recorded in the book of the histories of the kings of Judah. In his old age, his feet became diseased. When Asa died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, became the next king. Let me go ahead and read the uh, the study for today. When Roham came to power, he inherited a mighty kingdom. Everything he could ever want was given to him, but apparently he did not recognize that why he had so much or how it was obtain, been obtained. Just five years after Solomon died, the temple and palace were ransacked by foreign invaders from Egypt when King Shishak of Egypt took the gold shields that Solomon had made. Rehoboam replaced them with bronze shields. They reflected the decline faithfulness of Rehoboam's kingdom. 
When the people became spiritually corrupt and immoral, it was just a short time until they lost everything. How quickly the glory, power, and money disappeared. Completely destruction of Judah and Jerusalem was avoided only when Rehoboam repented. When God is gone from our lives, everything else becomes useless. No matter how valuable it seems, if we turn to wealth and immorality, the things that really matter can disappear, including strong family relationships and fellowship with God. If you are being tempted to seek wealth and pleasure, turn back to God and seek his blessing and fellowship instead. Amen. Okay, honey, uh, what did you get from this, sweetheart? Okay. Um, what did you gleam out of this? Um, we don't need kings. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that was all I took from here. We don't need kings, kings with gold caps and Asherah poles, and and just trying to make their way on their own. Um, you know what I got from it? I'll give you a chance to is uh, how every every nation in the earth has an inclination to worship something, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and to erect. Yes. And to worship, you yes. know, and Israel was no different, you know. Amen. They all, they all wanted, uh, uh, even me, I come from the Hispanic, from Mexico culture. Yes. And uh, I remember as a young 16, I was on my own at 16, I left, and I would put up, you know, crosses where I would sleep and and would want to, naturally, to worship, you know, deity, God. You know, but to have the proper instruction who the Lord is. Thank God I had crosses up there, but I also had like Mary and other things that uh, later on I had 24 of them. And then it was through the 12-step program. I said, no, you, you got to choose one because your life is really, you can't tell, you know, someone's not running the show here. So I asked the one to come forward and sure enough, it was it was Jesus. He came forward and said, yep, I'm him. Yeah, you know, that's pretty interesting because I was also raised Catholic. And I never had the desire to pray to him, to Mary. I just never had that. You know, I just always knew that God was it, Jesus was it, and that's where I went. Wow. There was no of, saints. Little girl, huh? Yeah. I mean, there was never any uh, saint this, and I'm going to pray to saint this for money. For Nothing. a job. I like St. Jose for job, St. Judah Nothing. for a girlfriend. Nothing. <laughs> or burn a Nothing. candle. Nothing like that. So, But, you know, it's just a good indication that we have a need for worship. Yeah. You know, and if we continue to pray, God can't move a parked car. At least we're driving towards something, and then God can knock us towards Worshiping the true God. That's what happened to me. <clears throat> you know, I the first part always captures me because you got the pro- prophetic, the prophet, where they're going to go see the prophet. They want to hear from God. So uh, watch how you're, 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 you're. <laughs> My reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're going to get a word for the prophet. They want to know because their son is so sick and your your heart goes out to them because, you know, Pray to God and ask for your healing. That's kind of like, you know, we, we have to see him first and de- decree his word over our situations. But, you know, God is so 
on top of everything, you know, he knows everything. And he, you know, he just, ex I love the, the way that the prophet addresses the lady. Come in, wife of Jeroboam. That made me laugh, you know. Why are you pretending to be somebody else? You know, who? why are you a disguise, you know? So um, as old as the prophet was, the Lord was still speaking to him. But I like, you know, the Lord reveres children because the, the child is the only one that was going to get the proper burial, you know. Uh, and the rest of the family wasn't. Well, so. that was a good point because there was, there was thousands of other children that were innocent there too. And they, yeah. they got the, the hatchet. Um, I do. And what else? Sorry. So I, I just, you know, love. Oh, uh, one thing. Just they want to give the prophet prophet a gift. Take him a gift of ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey. So they're bringing a gift to the prophet, but bread is what they're bringing, which is Jesus. You know, the bread of life is what I what always um, stands out for me. But. Um, it's... Amen. Amen. You know, um, when we come into inheritance or into rights from our parents or inheritance, mm -hmm. or we inherited the United States, we inherited uh, good, good lands that produce good soil, incredible amount of um, resources and gas and, and natural gas piped in, water piped in, yes. roads built. Clean and air. Stuff. You know, when I became more aware of spiritual things, I used to see how, check this out, it's the same thing at Rehoboam. I came to power, I came to understand that my, my uh, that the American dream was, was the, uh, the ob objective of why everything was built so nicely, so that we can have a nice Thanksgiving and, and the fruit of our work and enjoy the platform of America, worshiping God and everything. He inherited a mighty kingdom. Everything was done for us. Yeah. The homes, you know, very well built. And I used to think, wow, they just got to build so many homes. But yeah, they got paid, but God is taking care of humanity. Everything he could ever want was given to him. Mm. But apparently he not recognized why he has so much or how it had been obtained. Wow. And I went all the way back to Benjamin Franklin, the signing of the... Uh, of the uh, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, and, uh, and how, how the people structured. Because I lived in towns that were not blighted. In other words, towns that were preconceived in, in organizing the roads and, and, and uh, like Stockton, California, mm. Sacramento, the, the capital and all the streets in there. They were all very well designed. Washington, D.C., the outward things. And... Um, and like the United States, it's well designed, but in accordance to worshiping a God and a deity. You know, so the United States, it's, it's in the same predicament that the Lord probably has turned. And that, that prophecy of what's going to come down, because so many of us have tilted the, the area of sin. There's so much sin. But he's, uh, so that's out of my scope. But all I can say is that we're very grateful for the uh, for the underground, for the the, the tide, the, the 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 benefits that God has provided to us through other people's success, other committees and labor forces and and blood and everything to establish a freedom nation. Yeah. 
And we all participate by paying taxes. You know, when I woke up to that, yeah, ooh, man, I'm part of this. I run down the road. I appreciate the road. I appreciate, you know, the free television coming in. You know, wow. and so anyway, that's me. Yeah, and I, I think I thought you were going to go here with this, but um, when you're handed everything, there's no lack of appreciation of that at times, right? When you inherit so much wealth and so much everything is done for you, you know, we're, we are meant to work and, 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 and earn money because it's the Lord that gives you the power to get that wealth. But if you notice that, you know, sometimes when we don't earn that, we don't value the hard work, we just expect everything to be, you know, handed to us, then what, what is life about, you know, that you're not walking in your purpose or your destiny? Yeah, we've gotten to a point where we expect the government to fix our, our problems, to, to the credit cards to fix our problems. Right. And we shifted it uh, from praying Right to to credit card usage, you or know we could easily got a credit card and go buy those clothes I needed. Uh, we have a big jar that we have all these credit cards cut up. Yes, a ceremony every year they send us cards, so we just have a ceremony of cutting them up. Uh, yeah. for, so so I just think that, you know, it's like, it's just whatever you know. Life is 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 not of the value that God has created it for a purpose for us to reach others with our kindness, our compassion and, and our, and our good words. And I think that we, we, you know, including myself, I have to remember that because sometimes, you know, when there's a certain family member, I get it like my nerves get here, you know, I, I have a tendency to, 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 to react and I got to learn how not to react to some situations and have mercy for that person because maybe they don't know God like I might might know God but you know I, I just think we, we got to do better we got to do better in this country you know um, we got we to gotta encourage one another you know there are people that aren't so fortunate as you and I they're sitting here at 7.15 in the morning we're able to read our Bible but we worked many years we worked hard those years and um and we found each other at 49 and i i i saw that god's hand was not allowing me to stay in certain jobs anymore cuz i was a workaholic and um could have been an alcoholic <laughs> but could have been baby could, yeah could have been uh so just um my point is that when we work hard and we believe and we, we allow God to work in our lives, he's going to come through for us. You know. Amen. But worshiping another king, you know, our government is not the king. You know, they're yes, they're there. They were established. But, we're grateful. Yeah, we're grateful. We have a good, we pray for a, the a good government. government where, you know, we're not. Organization. You know, yes. And we're not going to have an overthrow of our government like we see in other third world countries. But I'm grateful that that's not who I turn my hope in. You know, my hope comes from God. You know, where, where you know, the scripture says, where does your your, your help come from. It comes from God at all, all times. He's available and ready 
to send angels on assignment for solutions. Our God is a, solu- a God of solutions. You know, as we can read throughout the Bible, you know, he had many solutions for the Israelites when they were trying to leave Egypt. You know, as he led them through the wilderness, he had the 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 light and the the fire by night, and then um, the shade when it was hot to keep people cool. He opened up this Red Sea. He brought water out of the the rock when Moses spoke to the rock. You know, um, so there's an abundance of heavenly solutions for us, and that's what we got to put our hope in and believe. You know, that God is the God of his promise and he does not change and he will make his promises come to pass. But let's call him, call the promises out. Amen. When God is gone from our lives, everything else becomes useless. Has anybody experienced that? When God is, is gone from your life and everything becomes useless? It seems like the atoms, you know, they know who they belong to. And unless God is giving them appreciation, love through you, through the surroundings, those things become uh, basically dead. You know, they don't respond. They respond to the life of God in our hearts. And and it's best that they re- we do it with a tambourine, you know, and sing some songs to the Lord, strike up the band, get excited. Even if we have to sing Beatles songs or whatever, just act like you're happy mm-hmm. and that there's a God yes. in charge and you're just joyful and, and the joy will come. The singing mm-hmm. will come. If we are born again, spirit filled, it's very easy for us lock and load and get into praise and worship. Our bodies will resist us to go through there. Ah, no, I don't want, it doesn't work. Oh. And then just stay persistent till you get over the lazy uh, body, the flesh, and get it into the spirit realm, and the soul will comply. The soul will like it. The right here says, "When God is gone from our lives, everything else becomes useless. No matter how valuable it seems, if we turn to wealth and immorality, the things that really matter can disappear, including strong family ties and fellowship with God." If you are being tempted to seek wealth and pleasure and turn back to God, seek his blessing and fellowship instead. If you are discouraged, you think it doesn't work and so forth, it's better. If discouragement has hit you, start thanking God that you're discouraged. You still have the power of will in your heart. You can still say, I thank you, God, I'm discouraged. I thank you, God, I'm ticked. I thank you, God, I'm angered, I'm jealous. I thank you, God. And from there, you'll have a connection, and then God will start moving on your behalf. Amen. I know. I experienced it. All right, let's go ahead and move, move ahead. Okay. We are long-winded today. We're going long. <laughs> okay, but Acts chapter 10 is going to reignite our, 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 it's gonna, our flame. I just know it. Acts chapter 10, 1 to 23. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, 
Cornelia stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up to the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by, by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just when the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear you met your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers of Joppa. Amen. Okay. Let's see. Let's just this is let's just read the the study for a little bit and get a little bit more insight. Um, the Jewish law prohibited certain foods from being eaten. These food laws made it difficult for Jews to eat with Gentiles. Without breaking the laws, and Jews often viewed Gentiles themselves as unclean. That is why Peter had difficulty embracing what God was calling him to do. It took a heavenly vision repeated three times. 
Peter's vision meant that he should not look up to the Gentiles as inferior people whom God would not redeem. After having this vi the vision, he understood that it was his responsibility to go with the messengers into a Gentile home and tell them the good news of salvation of Jesus Christ. God sometimes calls us to put aside our culture, cultural prejudices and traditions in order to reach out to people who are different from ourselves. When he does, we need to be ready to put aside our ideas of what what is proper, polite, or acceptable. We need to be ready to reach out across race, racial culture, cultural and socioeconomic lines to love and accept others the way God loves and accept us like Peter. We need to be ready to humble ourselves and show other people how God is reaching out to them. Oh, amen. <clears throat> yeah, so I... I think I think that was very powerful the way the encounters came to Cornelius first and was an angel. He was already a God-fearing man and he was devout to God, but he needed to hear the good news of the gospel and God gave him clear instructions on on how to reach Peter and how to connect these two two and this is going on all over the world when yeah. a person prays to God and seeks God. And I heard, I heard that Jesus is showing up in Africa in the jungles, you know, uh, people that have been praying and don't know yeah. where God is at. And he shows up and gives them direction. People say, I had a vision of the man Jesus telling me he loves me. He goes, I'm going to seek him. So they find salvation. He is, you know... That is, it's just an incredible encounter Cornelius had. He just, and he was generous to the poor, and he, you know, he, he believed. He was easy to believe already, but his household, the salvation was going to come to his household through this messenger, Peter, to preach the good news. Now, Peter was all, you know, God is always working things out together for good. Amen. He wants to save the house of Cornelius, but he also wants to show Peter, hey, what I'm calling clean, don't call it unclean. And how many times have we done, done, I know I have done this many times, you know, I feel like maybe at, you know, certain points in my life when I was, you know, in my Silicon Valley days or whatever, uh, making lots of money, you know, just kind of look down on people, you know, I've done that and um, it wasn't right. So, um, I think we all done it. Yeah. Something, there's a fallen nature in us that says, you know, I'm tired of living in yeah. this, I'm going to, you know. Mm -hmm. And other people around us are prospering, and we want to throw in the towel with our friends and everything and say, break out. But the idea is to continue to stay in prayer. Yeah, so Peter got that message, you know, about all that. God showed him from a sheet that came down from heaven that was um, all these animals. And, and the God said, eat it. Eat these animals. <laughs> you know, he's like, how can I? We're not supposed to, whatever. But my... The, it took Peter three times in this. It, he saw the vision three times. Sometimes when God is speaking to us, whether it's through a vision, through a dream, through someone else, God is speaking. Pay attention what your what message is coming your way, because God is trying to reach us and 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 give us a message and possibly show us an area where we need to be corrected on. Um, so anyway. Um, 
Yeah, you're right. Right here is, um, it says, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God wow. as an offering. So I wonder how many times have we been able to hit that one, hit that home run into the kingdom of God where God receives it as an offering. You know, we've done good works. I bet a lot of times we've done good things and we didn't think much of it. You know, give someone a ride or help someone right. with a tire or something. Right. Um, and and a prayer, pray for them. Or when I always emphasize the fact of blessing, our goal is to bless 20 people a day, rich, poor, indifferent, angry, and so forth. So get your 20. You got 10, 10 toes, 10 fingers. Uh, make it a common practice. So that way you have a, a defense against the judgment, against the anger, against not being merciful and kind. You know, a protective measure where we can uh, make a goal to bless 20 people a day. So when I go to the AA program, I usually have about 10 or 12 guys. Uh, thank you, and gals, and I thank you, God, for them in my mind when I remember. But it, but when you see a person that's crossing the street and the light is blue and they're pushing their cart and you got to go, that's when the thing kicks in. Your goal kicks in. Oh, remember to bless that person. Everybody's cursing that person. Yes, you go ahead and right. bless them, bless them, bless them. There's right. a devil. The person cannot forgive something. Mm-hmm. All it is is just a little healing in the spirit and the soul. And say, God, use the balm of Jesus. Use the blood of Jesus. Heal that person. Mm-hmm. Establish. Bless those two people that are walking right in front of us right now. So we just got, amen. Yeah, we, we have to, we have to. Be kind and considerate of those situations, you know. Uh, there's many people who won't give because of what they're going to go use it on alcohol, whatever. You know, err on the side of good. Right. Err <laughs> on the side of good, you know. It's like someone asks you for a dollar or two. Yeah, I mean. When I don't give, I pray for that person, Psalm 23, and, and yeah. pray it to them. I give them something more than money, and that's my time and prayer, Psalm 23, for the next three days pray that I'll, I'll change that person's yeah. life like I but I don't do it all the time you know we're all we're all not eloquently perfect <laughs> so anyway Peter was was you know it, Peter after this encounter I think Peter got cha- was changed that it's you know yeah yes it's a, it's an amazing you know I wish we had more time but it's just an amazing uh encounter by Cornelius how he he was able to tap into the doors of heaven and go in there with with gifts to the poor yeah. and prayer, and then. But the the remarkable thing is how later on how the the Holy Spirit falls on that crowd mm-hmm. and everybody starts mm-hmm. speaking in tongues yes, and baptizing, mm-hmm. because I believe that that Cornelius had called it. You know, sometimes you see all these blessings over your head and they're ready to fall down, and there's mm-hmm. a. There's a net, like the net came down with stuff. I have seen nets come down from heaven, and the net was holding just about every possible blessing you can think of. A home, you know, cars, motorcycles, and a lot of uh, RV or recreational uh, things in this vision. Just, just ready to bust on the seams. Now, these are, pre- what was it? You know, only to the glory of God as these things will manifest that everything that comes this way is because uh, it's glory to God. God puts us in a position that we, we're relying on Him 
100% on our needs. Amen. You know, we are always relying on him. Thank you know, you. I, I just want to point out one more thing that caught my eye. And that's just, you know, how God received his prayer, his gifts and his prayer. I know you said that, but it's like sometimes you wonder, you know, is God, has God hearing me in my prayers? You know, um, whatever is deep in my heart, uh, whether it's for your ministry, you want to see it increased, expanded, um, your family members to come into the kingdom. God is hearing your prayers. Jesus is interceding for your prayers. And so you can rest assured that your prayers are reaching heaven. You know, just believe and, you know, be kind to the poor also. Good well, thing. we have good examples here, Cornelius and what they've done. And yeah. just their heart was good. right. He could have been praying right, for an yes. idol because he comes from Roman yeah. background, mm-hmm. you know, but he had enough sense that uh, you can see that there was a few of the love. And I believe he had a lot of love and he and yeah. he followed that line mm-hmm. of love. Whatever this thing is giving mm-hmm. me love and love and compassion, he became more like God-fearing by following the love that God already probably from his mother or so forth. You know, and there's a lot of us that have that love that can be nurtured and developed, you know. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and read the Psalms. We thank God for relationship that he has restored and prayer for relationship that still need restoration. Heavenly Father, we pray for Lord God for all the restoration you do with with relationships. We thank you for all our friends, Lord God, that we may restore your emphasis, that your glory and your honor, that they may see you in our lives and we may see you, Jesus, in their lives. Restore the, the relationships and the ones that are not and need to be restored, Lord. We pray for those family members and those friends that you will be their shepherd and cover them, Lord, with the blood of Jesus Christ and bring them to glory, Father, for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praying the Psalms. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down in his beard and unto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from mountain Hermon that falls on the mountain of Zion, and there the Lord hath pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Amen. Now, right here, guys, is where we get together as God has pronounced his blessing over us as a, as a group. There the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life, even everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? There's the salvation message. Amen. Proverbs 17, 7 and 8. Elegant words are not fitting for a fool. Even less are lies fitting for a ruler. A bribe is like a lucky charm. Whoever gives one will prosper. Amen. Amen. And that's all I got to say about that. May the Lord bless you, everyone, and keep you, establish you for his purpose and his glory. May you honor, continually honor the Lord with your praises and thanksgivings and thoughts. We bless you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Be blessed in your spirit, your soul, and your mind. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, guys, for coming you. in today. Yes, Lord. Bless the people, Lord.